Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Dale Allen Podcast. I'm Dale Allen. Today, it is my pleasure to share with you Reverend Dr. Anna Cruz Camphouse in the ongoing Women of the World's Religions interview series. This interview series was born of the Parliament of the World's Religions' first ever women's village, where I interviewed 71 women from different faiths and backgrounds and cultures. And it was a very powerful experience because for all of the diversity and all of the unique cultural and religious practices, one thing is for certain, the heart of woman beats as one. As you listen to this interview series, I hope that you'll find your place among these women because these women are acting on their faith, acting on their vision for a shared world of peace and the protection of the next generations of children. Please be sure to follow, subscribe to this podcast, and share links to the episodes. Thank you so much. So my name is Reverend Dr. Anna Cruz Camphouse. I'm a United Methodist clergywoman. How does your faith inspire you towards this year's Parliament theme of a call to conscience? Well, the tradition that I come from is the Judeo-Christian lineage of tradition. So we have to start with Eve. And if any woman raised consciousness in a powerful way, it had to have been her. Eve was the first great theologian. She was the first one to start asking questions of why. She was the first one to start thinking about who we are, why we do things, why we don't do things. What is it that we're going to do in actually getting this fruit of knowledge from this tree for ourselves? And so coming from this very powerful woman who's often been shamed by people who maybe don't understand, has been slandered by systems of patriarchy, She's the one that we all come from in our, in our tradition. And so she is the one that calls us to be conscious, to think about divine things, to question, to learn, to grow. Yes, she also took on some things that are hard in doing that. There was a, a penalty. Somehow ignorance has a sort of bliss, but it does not have fulfillment. And it does not procreate what could be in the next generation. Because a consequence of what she did was that she had to go through childbirth, which also meant she was going to have babies. She was going to birth something new. So when we learn, we grow, we go through pain, we go through transformation, we go through some suffering, but we birth things that are new. Sometimes they're people, sometimes they're ideas, sometimes they're uh, new venues, our new dreams, our new transformative ideologies that kind of lead us towards a growth that we had not envisioned before. Because every time we learn something, we do grow. Not everything is easy to learn, but once you have it, that knowledge, when combined with experience, turns into wisdom. And that's the wisdom that we embody as women and wisdom that we can then offer to the next generation as well. How does your faith inform you to protect the dignity and human rights of women? So in the Christian tradition, we have these beautiful stories of Jesus empowering women. Two that come immediately to mind is one, the story of Mary and Martha. And Martha gets mad because she's working really hard in the kitchen. And she's like, why is Mary just sitting there? sitting at Jesus' feet like she's one of the disciples. 
Why isn't she in here in the kitchen with all the other women doing the things? And Jesus does something radical and says, Mary has chosen the better part. That Mary in that moment was called to be with. And Jesus said, not only is it okay, but that's exactly what she ought to be doing. And so Jesus breaks down that barrier. But to put a finer and more important point on it, the very first preacher ever, the first evangelist, the first person to ever hear the good news of the resurrection was Mary Magdalene, who was very special and precious to Jesus. She was the one, when all the guys left, it was the women at the cross. And it was Mary Magdalene at the tomb that first has a long conversation with what she thought to be the gardener. And then all of a sudden it's Jesus. And even Paul worked with women. So many stories in the early Christian tradition of the empowerment and the, the gift of women in ministry. Now through many, many, many generations of the alignment, starting with Constantine, of the Christian church and the state, it became kind of aligned with patriarchy in ways that were detrimental to women overall even though there have been luminaries of women throughout the tradition, people like Hildegard of Bingen and St. Teresa of Avila, and even, you know, people today. These people are part of a very long tradition that goes back to the earliest days of people following this wandering rabbi Jesus around. So we, as Christians, really have a lot of solid ground to stand on to say, not only do women deserve to be part of that journey, but women are leaders of this. Not belittling to our male brothers, but right there beside them as we try to do things that are transformative to bringing love, hope, and a constant and abiding sense of resurrection in everything we do. What is your responsibility as a woman of your faith to protect our next generation of children? I am a mother of three amazing human beings. My daughter, Sophia, this is her second parliament. My sons are a little younger. They're identical twin boys, Paul and John. There's nothing I love more in this world than the three of them. They are my gift to the next generation of people. And the impact that I have on them will be magnified over time in ways that I cannot today visualize. So I have to start with this question as a mom. And as a mom who feels called, even in these moments here at the plenary, I heard some things coming from spirit. We need, and I feel called to start to break intergenerational curses and turn them into blessings. As a Christian, I do believe in the transformative power of the Holy Spirit that weaves together all things towards goodness and grace. That same Spirit has manifested in me much healing from whatever the generational curses were before me in my family, in the culture. I was raised in South Alabama. And there are many things there that I that are historically true that I fundamentally disagree with in terms of justice and uh, unrighteousness in so many ways, hurting so many people. 
but we have to learn how to heal ourselves, how to allow that spirit to transform us so that we can then go and transform others so that what we pass on to our children are not the hurts of our past. We do not have to carry them. We can learn to do better. We can forgive what has been done. And then at that clean slate, start to build something together that is a transformative, powerful, abiding, peace-loving and giving, flowing presence. Abiding with others in a way that provides spaces for meaningful and sacred conversations, teaching people how to listen wisely, deeply, and well, so that we can rehumanize what has been dehumanized, so that the world that we are creating with our children, not for them, but with them, <laughs> that they are creating for the children that have not yet to be born. <laughs> they are little people. <laughs> they are persons, adults in the making, and we have to respect them as such. They will teach us more than we teach them in so many ways. And as we change to do better by them, they will take that energy and pass it forward. This is my prayer. Bring your colors, bring your